Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Kyle Brandt's Basement. Are you ready for your piping hot Zach Wilson talk? Are you ready? Do you want to talk Kirk Cousins? What a day for Minnesota. Oh, man, we got to get into all this stuff. We do this every Sunday night. Well, actually, we don't because we haven't done it in a while. But that's because I had to go to Germany and there's been all kinds of nonsense going on. Not nonsense. It's been adventures. But now I'm back. I'm back in the U.S. I'm back in my basement. I'm back on Sunday night. We will talk about everything that happened today. We will give out awards. We will set our podium. You know how we do it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're looking at us on your phone in the middle of Chiefs Chargers, how's that going? Are the Chargers losing? I bet they are, but I don't know, because that would be in the future. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about our podium, third place, second place, first place. I have darts and takes, all kinds of stuff. We do it every week. Who's uh, top three teams, really? Who, who, who are the three winners of the day? Bronze, silver, gold. And up on that little podium, the one six inches off the ground. Guys, I am so excited to tell you that on the third place podium today, which is good. Third place is awesome. There's 32 teams. Third place podium... The Detroit Lions. Yeah! We're off to never, never land! The third place Lions. Not third place. Uh, three in a row. Three in a row. Third place on our podium. They keep winning. And this was not like this BS where they beat the crappy Bears because the Bears missed an extra point last week. They went on the road. They beat a team that matters. They beat the Giants. They beat them soundly. They won. The, the Lions are good. And you know what's funny here, here at Calvary's Basement? We've done this a couple times. Back in August when we said, or back in September, whenever it was, beginning of the season, when we said, give us your predictions for the season. How do you think the season's going to go? And we took, and we put them in this wine bottle and see if they would age like wine. And a couple times now, we have one of you guys sent us in a take back in the day about the Lions. And it was a guy named Tad to the Bone. And we've made fun of this tweet two times. And Tad to the Bone, way back at the beginning of the season, predicted... The Lions will finish above the Packers in the NFC North standings. Ha, ha, ha. And we all laughed. We all thought it was so funny. Oh, I, we, had, we even have a rim shot sound effect. And guess what? Tad to the bone, wherever you are right now, where you live, Michigan, you're in the Upper Peninsula, you're in Auburn Hills, Eight Mile Road, wherever you are, Tad to the bone. The Lions are currently above the Green Bay Packers in the standings. They are four and six. They used to be one and six. They're four and six. And guess who they play next week? Guess who they play in like four or five days? They play the Bills. I'm, the Bills won today. They got they got uh, off their little mini losing streak of back-to-back games. The Bills won pretty easily. Not terribly exciting game against the Browns. But now they go back to Detroit, and you follow the whole story. They were in Detroit today. They go back next week. And the Lions play them. I mean, I, I think the Bills will probably win that game, but it's not like this Bills team is unbeatable right now. I just, I get so fired up for the Lions. I just think it's cool. I think it's different. Jamal Williams scores like five touchdowns a week. It's incredible. Every time, if you're watching a game and they go, let's go back to the studio for a game break, and whoever it is, if it's Nate Burleson or Boomer Esiason on CBS or Carissa on Fox, so I was like, God, the Lions scored again. It's Jamal Williams with another touchdown, and they're always these little short ones like they were today. He scores so well. Score often from the one-yard line, so this does it so well, and the Lions are winning. I, the idea that the Lions of any year, especially this year when they were 1-6, and six, are on the podium and they play a physical brand of football and the defense isn't the worst in the league anymore, still not good, 
but it isn't the worst in the league anymore. Picked off Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones does not throw interceptions this year. He's been really good about that. Saquon didn't do squat. Stuffed. That's Detroit Lions, baby. It's really cool. And it really helps all of us. It helps you. It helps me because we're going to be sitting there this Thursday watching football. And it's going to be Bill's Lions. And if the Lions just suck like they normally do, it's a pain. You're like, and then we have to have that conversation we have every Thanksgiving, which is, why is this the tradition in the NFL? Why do the Lions play on Thanksgiving? Why do we stop? that and there's been pieces written about it and there's been monologues crafted about it why do the Lions plan Thanksgiving this year they deserve to they're one of the hottest teams in the AFC in the NFC rather uh, I'm way into it and now they play the Bills it's a good game Lions Bills suddenly cool Lions welcome to the podium second place aha Buffalo Bills Buffalo Bills second place they now get to seven and three and more importantly they don't go to six and four because as we know they've lost two games in a row they somehow Oh my God, we're going to talk about the Jets in a second. The Bills somehow lost to the Jets, uh, and then they lost to the Vikings. Holy crap, isn't that weird to sit here as a Bills fan, if you're a Bills fan watching this, and watch the Jets today and the Vikings today, who looked both awful, and be like, these two guys beat our team? They did. It's a weird sport, this tackle football. It's very strange. You had, you had the Vikings beat. The Jets game was just kind of this ugly, scrappy thing, but you know what? The hell with that. As Josh would say, and I'm sure he will say when we have him on Tuesday, uh, we're looking forward, we're moving forward. We have the 24-hour rule, and uh, we're looking ahead, and we're, we're moving forward. Josh likes that stuff, and I don't blame him. So uh, they beat the Browns today, and you know, came out, came out really sluggishly. Not good first quarter, not at all. The Nick Chubb was thing was happening. The Bills offense wasn't going on. And then there was that weird moment, see that? What was the deal with Diggs and McDermott on the sideline? They had this whole kind of private chat, like... Uh, Diggs was angry, hadn't been targeted. I don't even, I don't know necessarily if that was about. Maybe they talked about it after the game. But McDermott's just talking to him calmly, evenly, and then Diggs comes back, gets a touchdown, and they go on and win. Kind of the second half was, they uh, they were never really in danger. Browns wouldn't go away because, I don't know, they're a pretty tough team. Amari Cooper scored and everything. But just quality win. I don't care if the Bills won 3 to nothing over the Washington freaking Generals. I don't care. They got a win. They needed a win bad. You don't. You couldn't possibly lose that game to Cleveland go home to like that Hoth system that they're in Buffalo right now, and get back on the plane, come back to Detroit, and then play again in four days on a three-game losing streak. Couldn't do it. Mission accomplished. Put that flag in the ground. Bills win. I don't care what the score was. They won. McDermott, Diggs, Allen, other, I don't care what happened. They won victory. But number one on the podium, who's first place? It's the Cowboys. It's the Dallas Cowboys. How about that? How about the Dallas Cowboys? They showed some character. They showed some backbone. They showed that after the meltdown they had uh, against the Packers, that they're they're here. They beat a quality opponent on the road. We're going to talk about the Vikings, too. I'm going to have to take some crap from the Vikings, some self-deserved crap personally. But uh, the Cowboys uh, pistol-whipped the Vikings. An absolute ass-whooping from start to finish. Tony Pollard's incredible. CeeDee Lamb made the catches. Micah Parsons did the thing. When did you know the Vikings were in trouble? When did you know? Was it the second play of the game that Cousins fumbled? Or was it the first? Was it the third? I don't remember. I think there was like 13.45 left in the first quarter. And Micah Parsons comes off the blind side, beats the tackle. And you can tell, like, he's got, he's picked up Cousins' heat sensor. Like a bird, like in in at night, kind of swoop down and get a mouse or something. You watch those things on on Discovery Channel, and you could tell that Parsons just keyed into it. And you're like, oh crap, he's gonna sack the hell out of him. But it wasn't enough that he sacked him. 
he did the full chop. Boom! He brought the arm down, like textbook pass rushing stuff. Cousins fumbles, they get the ball. I think it was right then where I said, oh crap, this is going to be a long day. And it was. But I didn't think it was going to be that bad. You know, you think, oh, maybe the maybe the Vikings lose thirty-one to twenty. No, 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 no. That was that was I, I, that that was making me think of the Vikings losing forty-one nothing in the NFC title game to the Giants back when I was in college. That was terrible. And oh my God, the Cousins takes and the Vikings takes. They have two losses this year, and both of them are to the Eagles and to the Cowboys. And in, in neither game do they feel like they even belonged at all. They really didn't. So they get, you know, they beat Buffalo in that crazy game, and everyone's, oh, the Vikings, myself included. I'll get more to that, but I'm trying to make this about Dallas. Uh, Dallas looked really good, and when they played defense, and when they just the, the, Parsons and Pollard, they cook when those guys are going. Parsons has talked about a lot, and Pollard is becoming the star right in front of us. For some reason, they still started Zeke Elliott. Zeke had a nice game, and he got in the end zone. I think a couple times, but Pollard is just whoo. He's a thoroughbred. He's great. Dallas Cowboys, number one on the podium this week. I still don't know what to make of Dak. I still don't know where I put him and if I love him or if I just like him or if I even do like him. I was just watching Joe Burrow go up and down the field in the fourth quarter against the Steelers. Like, is Dak as good as Joe Burrow? I I don't think he is. I don't know. I like him, though, a lot. Uh, I like Dak. Gotta like Dak. And Dak will play Thursday as well. That's number one. Cowboys, 7-3. and Nice record. You know what's crazy about Vikings-Cowboys? That is a potentially even likely playoff matchup. You know, that could be that could be a wild card matchup right in the first week of the playoffs right then. And my God, Justin Jefferson, two years in a row. Bad, bad performances. Then he goes up against Diggs or whatever it is. But he, you know, last week we're giving him the keys to the whole league and saying he's next Jerry Rice. And he looked amazing against Buffalo. But man, they did squat today, Minnesota. Just squat. Bumpkiss, zilch. Dallas, number one. Let's move on though, guys. Oh, no, wait. Hold on a second. I always want to do this. I'm so eager to get to the awards. I have to get to this. Who lost the day? Oh, my God, Zach Wilson. For the love of God. That dimple-faced assassin. God, did they suck today on offense. Just so, so, so bad. They lost to the Patriots. Again, it's been well publicized. They can't beat New England. They can't beat them there. They can't beat them here. They can't beat them anywhere. I sound like Dr. Seuss now, and that's what the Jets look like. A stupid little cartoon playbook. But listen, it's not just like a disaster from start to finish. It's not like they lose 37 to 10 or something. Defense was incredible. Defense held the, the defense held the Patriots to three points. Patriots coming off a bye. Unbelievable thing. Were you watching that on Red Zone or were you watching it live when they returned that punt for a touchdown? Insane. Matt Dodge was the guy everyone was talking about. The old one when Tom Coughlin spikes the, the clipboard because the Giants punt to Deshaun Jackson in the Meadowlands and he runs it back for a touchdown. It was, the, it was just like the lowest, most shocking moment with a punt in a New York team since then. Tough day for New York, by the way. I could just say that. I could say that the New York teams lost the day. They suck today. This, this, this story of the league, really, in a lot of ways this year has been that the Jets and the Giants are actually good. They both looked like we thought they were going to today. They both just looked so bad. And the Zach Wilson thing is going to be a monster story this week because I was thinking right before the punt, so there's, you know, under a minute left, and the Jets have the ball with a chance to win. They do nothing. They just turtle. They don't throw downfield. They try to set up this cockamamie screen pass. They didn't want Zach Wilson to throw it. I, I can't even blame them. 
And I remember I was about to say, like, before the punt, I said, all right, so they're going to go to overtime. they got to sit down Zach Wilson in overtime, right? Salah's got to bench him. You can't. Like, he's not, he can't do anything. There's no way they're going to win in overtime with Zach Wilson. You have to put someone else in. Mike White, Joe Flacco, I don't care. Put anybody in. And then the punt happened and they never even got a chance. But they did not try to win that game at the end. They absolutely surrendered. They, they didn't trust him. Every pass that Wilson was throwing, it felt like he would be intercepted. Everyone he was throwing, you're like, this is going to be a pick. Just, oh my God, I just, I hope it's incomplete. If you're a Jet fan watching Zach Wilson throw at the end of the game, you actually are hoping it's incomplete. Because if it's incomplete, it means that it wasn't intercepted. Just so awful. Zero chance of anything happening. No, no, no flash. No optimism. What have we been talking about in the basement for weeks? I don't need you to be a Super Bowl winner or an MVP right now. I, I don't know if I need that ever. I just need something from you to let me know that, like, we got a future here. Like the Bears are getting from Justin Fields. The Bears can't win a game to save their lives. They lose every week. But every week he impresses in some regard. Whether it's running or throwing or both or even just toughness and leadership. Something. The Zach Wilson thing has just been crickets. And the way that they lost. And it wasn't. Okay, so you lose the game. Your defense played awesome. Your defense, your D-line, the secondary, they did a wonderful job. And the only reason you guys lost this game, you gave up a punt return touchdown, but it shouldn't have come to that. The real reason you lost this game is because you couldn't score any points because your offense that you're the quarterback of, that you are the face of, that you are running, couldn't do anything. You totally let them down. So you're asked afterwards. You're asked, you know, did you, did you, is this your fault? Do you think the defense should, have, should think this is your fault? Look at this moment with Zach Wilson. He handled the game so terribly, he handled this just as badly. Go ahead. The, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you... Do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. No. What do you mean, no? And he says it like such a hard ass, like such a tough guy. What do you mean? I, I, I would have loved it there to be a follow. How do you figure no, that you didn't let the defense down? What do you mean, dude? You know, I, I, it's so bad the way you handled that. You got to just, you got to put your hand up. And you got to say, listen, I need to be so much better. The defense played their asses off today. My teammates on offense that it was me. And I think of the last two weeks... Before today, back to the Bills. Josh Allen has not played his best football by his own admission. They lost both those games. And afterwards, you remember the sound bites he's had in the locker room afterwards? He can't win when your quarterback plays like bleep. I was awful in the second half. I was atrocious. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. Interesting note on that. So, um, one of the leaders of the Jets defense, John Franklin Myers, there's a tweet out there. And a verified account, all right? This guy tweets, Josh Allen's quote after the loss to the Jets. I put that on me. I let the team down. As a quarterback, you can't play like bleep. Zach Wilson, after the loss on the Patriots, do you feel like you've held back the defense? No. John Franklin Myers, one of the leaders of the Jets' defense, liked that tweet. And you think, oh, we're splitting hairs. No, that's how we do things these days. He saw that. He liked that. And he put it in perspective that that's what you say after a loss. I mean, Josh is, he is cataclysmic after losses. He looks like death. I suck. I play like bleep. And it's awesome. I think his teammates love that. Can you imagine if you're on the Jets defense and you just battled Belichick for four quarters and held their asses to three points and your offense can't do anything for you at all. And then your second year guy who's never done anything, who has no skins on the wall, who has, uh, has no goodwill built up, no equity as, as a leader, as a winner, is asked, do you feel to let the defense down? No. It's a terrible answer. Just really, really bad. 
Zach Wilson's going to get flambéed this week. He really is, and he deserves it. I just, I, I think, you know, when Salah was asked, were you thinking or are you thinking? Nope. There's no, that's, that's not what I'm thinking right now. Zach Wilson is our quarterback. Why? I mean, I get the big business of it. And I'm not saying that you even bench him. And There's a difference between pulling someone and benching them. I define that as pulling them is a, is, a, is a temporary in the now thing. Just out. It's not working right now. Somebody else get in there and see if you can move the chain. Benching them is indefinite. Like, you are no longer our starter. I think they should have pulled Zach Wilson today. I think they definitely should have pulled him if the game went to overtime. But I think they should have pulled him in the fourth quarter. There was no chance that was anything was going to happen. Zero chance of success. And Salah's going to stick with him. If this season falls apart and the Jets miss the playoffs completely, considering that a couple hours ago they were at 6-3, and three, whew, that's rough. I mean, really rough. And then they're going to say, are we already done with Zach Wilson? Remember, they're flying through guys now. They picked Sam Darnold in the top 10 of the draft, and he's now through the team after. the He's gone. Then they picked Zach Wilson, and he's not showing us anything. He's not giving us anything to say, I know we're not winning how we want to now, even though they are winning a lot. I know he's not playing great ball now. I know he's not throwing for 300 yards and four touchdowns every week. But then remember that series in the third quarter when he put those three plays together? Whoo! Look at that guy. We know it's coming. It's just a matter of time. They're not getting that. They're not getting anything. They're getting crappy play, and they're getting stupid press conference moments, which in New York, I don't know which one is worse. Probably both. Just so bad. The Jets were awful today. Unbelievable. But, and we're going to get into that punt return, too, in a second, when we get to the uh, Phil Luckett call of the day or the non-call. That was a block in the back, right? Did you see that at the end? I know that he was, uh, you know, in the 10-yard line, he was going to score. There was a massive block in the back. We'll get to it. That's the loser of the day. But without further ado... It's award season. Let's go. Come on. Starting your own small business can be a total roller coaster. Between all the bumpy twists and turns comes the actual business side of your business, which can really throw you for a loop. Luckily, with QuickBooks, you can manage your business with confidence from the start. So no matter how bumpy the ride gets, you can always stay on track. New business? No problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. First award, the Karen Hill, why did you do that? Coaching decision of the day. Go ahead, my dear. Why did you do that? Why? Why did you do that, Karen? What fan base was screaming like a coked out Henry Hill, why did you do that? How about the Broncos fans? (laughs) What did I just watch? A terrible game between two terrible games and Broncos Raiders. Okay, I kind of expected that. It goes to overtime. All right, sweet. And then in just one fell swoop, Devontae Adams is running with like a 15-yard difference of separation between the secondary. 
Why would you do that? Why, why did the, the entire Broncos coaching staff, secondary defense, everybody leave him open? What were they doing? Did they think Foster Moreau was going to run down the middle of the field and tear their hearts out? Because Devontae did. I, I always like when games and overtime games end in touchdowns. It's just much more exciting than a field goal. So it was, it's very satisfying to see. But if you are a Broncos fan or player, you're just like, bleep, man. How, how, that's the only guy we care about. Watch him. Watch 17. And he already had a touchdown earlier in the game. And there was two guys on him. Fine. He beat the double coverage. Great. But at least he had the satisfaction as a fan of knowing, well, maybe our guys kind of sucked on that play, but at least we are trying to do the smart thing and have two people follow him. He gets overtime. Car goes up there. What are they on their own 40 or something? It's like 60 yards away. And you're like, oh, no, he's going deep. And then the second you see how open he is, that's when you get those videos online of people punching their TVs and things like that. Why would you do that? I'm laughing openly at the, at, at the Broncos. God, what a terrible year. What a terrible year. The coach, the quarterback, and then the defense was kind of proud, but then they just let Devontae out. They lose to this Raiders team. They lose to Josh McDaniels, who was their former coach and was infamously fired after a terrible performance. Well, that's the worst loss of the day. No, it's not. That would be the Jets and then the Vikings, but still pretty bad. Let's move on to the, um, the take a lap category. Take a lap. I have to take a lap. I'll just put my hand up. I don't know if you saw it, if you follow me on social, on my many various social channels, you'll see that I did a piece today for the NFL Today, which is the um, venerable program, the pregame show on CBS, you know the one, James Brown, Boomer, Nate, Phil Sims, Bill Cower, and I, I do um, little segments for them, like every other week pretty much, and today my segment, I worked very hard on, I was very proud of, it was about Kirk Cousins and all his dadisms and how he will unironically say work hard or hardly working. He'll go to Applebee's and use a gift card, even though he makes 40 million bucks a year. And we did this whole one-shot thing, speaking of good fellas, that we worked really hard on this week and I was very proud of. And that's all fine from everything. But part of the, the, the content within it, when I wasn't making jokes about not using any seasoning on chicken or using uh, garage beers as something that's ultimately more refreshing than regular beers, I was saying I believe in this Vikings team and, you know, they belong and they're going to go to the playoffs and they're going to stay there this time. No, it sucks when that happens. Sometimes, you know, I have a lot of friends who gamble on sports. You do too. Big shock. I have friends who drink beers too. It's not that big of a stretch. I don't gamble on sports. It's just never been my thing. Plus, I'm not allowed to because I work for the NFL. So I don't make bets ever. It's just not something I do. And I was talking to a friend of mine once who is way into sports betting. And he was just like, I just don't understand how, you know, you can't do it. I know you're not allowed, but if you, if you were allowed, like, wouldn't you do it? And I said, you know, I, my form of betting is I'm on TV or in the media and I, I hype a team really hard. I throw in with a team or a player or a coach and I say, trust me, everybody, this coach is going to do great things. And then sometimes they don't and you look like a total ass. So that's my form of gambling. I, that's how I wager. And I felt pretty strongly about that take. And he was like, dude, shut the bleep up. You have no idea. <laughs> you going and saying you think that the Panthers are going to be good this year is not like you spending $8,000 you don't have on a Sunday and then losing all of it and trying to explain to your wife where that money went. So I was like, all right, fine. Maybe it's not. But I do feel like I kind of wagered on the Vikings today and I just look terrible. Like, <laughs> it's not good when you're on CBS saying, this team belongs. This is not your older brother's Vikings team. And then they just get their heads kicked in for three hours on, on CBS. 
That was so bad. Tough. So I'll take a lap on that one. And where, do we, where does that leave us with the Vikings now? Like the next time they play a big game, do we just expect them to suck? What happens when they get to that wild card game? Just, everyone's just going to trash them. And they deserve it. They're terrible today. Uh, the Phil Luckett call of the day. Let's get into this. So we saw this incredible punt return that the Patriots made. And it was so dramatic, and it was one of the most shocking electric plays of the season at the end of an unbelievably tedious, unwatchable game. That said, incredible play at the end of the game. At about the 10-yard line, I would say, there was a blatant, objective block in the back. Not like maybe he did, maybe he didn't. One of the Patriots blasted one of the Jets directly in the back and knocked him over, and it was the Jet closest to the return man. Now, I don't know if that if that Jet could have made the tackle, but he was kind of in striking distance, and he maybe if he dives, he hits the ankle, and then they tackle him, and they didn't call it. So if the response is, well, that he wouldn't have made the tackle, A, you don't know that. And then if you say, well, let's say even if they did call it, you know, the Patriots would have made a field goal and they would have still won. You don't know that either. I know this. The Patriots kicker missed two field goals today. Two. He was one for three on kicks. And if you do just some, like, estimation based on where the block in the back took place, the penalty, the spot foul, the, it would have been, like, who knows, 37, 38-yard field goal in the conditions. Maybe he misses that. Maybe it does go to overtime. Now, if you want to say that Zach Wilson was so bad, there's no way that the Patriots would have ever given up a score in overtime, maybe, but they weren't scoring either. I think it would have been a 3-3 tie in overtime. But I just want to know if, if, if anybody cares at all, because sometimes people are like, eh, who cares? It was an awesome play. It's not about that block in the back. Why didn't they call that? It takes guts to call it as the guy is making it, as, as he's scoring, he's running, in, in, the place is going nuts, and everyone's shocked, and oh my God, what a dramatic win. To reach into your pocket and get that yellow flag and throw it, in the final second, final half second of the play, it's tough for a guy to do. But that was a block in the back. Why did they not call that? I wonder if, if me putting this out there, if people, because I, I haven't talked to a lot of people about this. I just know what I saw. I haven't been texting with people. I haven't read what people said on Twitter. I just saw it. I'm like, that was definitely a penalty. They didn't call it. So normally the Phil Luckett call of the day goes to a terrible penalty call, like a really bad roughing the passer. This is a strange non-call, and I would have liked to see what would happen if they would have. I saw two screen grabs where there were uh, other blocks on the play that someone was showing, no, 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 this, I mean, this is way earlier, like 70 yards earlier, when he's kind of turning the corner down the sideline, and people are saying, look, this was a clean block, this was a clean block, and they did appear to be clean. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the last desperate tackler at the 10-yard line going in gets knocked down from behind by a Patriot. Why didn't they call that? Kind of interesting. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Next, the River Craycraft Fantasy Thief. This is good. So the Bengals won. The Bengals beat a tough Pittsburgh team who doesn't want to go away and hide, but just really doesn't have it, and Kenny Pick is not ready yet, and Burrow's too good. Samaje Pirine scores two first-half touchdowns and then tacks on another one, and you're like, the Mixon owners are like, bleeping, what? <clears throat> Nobody has Samaje Pirine in their starting lineup. Mixon left the game with a head injury, which sucks. So those touchdowns, you want to distribute them to, to Boyd or, or anybody, anybody at all, that, that Aiden Hurst. Nobody's, those are just wasted. That's, that's 18 fantasy points and three touchdowns. Very, very frustrating. I like Samaj P. Ryan a lot. 
It's a little weird that he was in at the end of the game against the Rams in the Super Bowl. And if they would have given it to Mixon, I think maybe they might have won that game at the end. But we don't need to get into that. It's not about that. It's about his fantasy thievery, and he did it today. Samaje, very good player. But he's not in the fantasy labs with people. Why are, you doing, why are you scoring three touchdowns? Who do you think you are, Jamal Williams? Next, the uh, RIP My Dog Tony Stark player tweet of the day. Did you see the Bears bachelor party, guys? You'll be shocked to know I love these guys. I just love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. There was, I don't know if we have the picture. Yeah, there it is. All right, so um, this guy, Jared Wilson, he, I think is a journalist. I'm, I'm, I don't know him personally, but he um, he says, my brother's in Atlanta this weekend for a bachelor party, and they're going to Bears Falcons dressed like this. Incredible. And I'm looking at no less than 18 guys, maybe, and every single one of them has khakis, bear sweater vest, dress shirt with tie, aviator shades, and mustache. It, it's all in the Ditka's look. It, I'm so proud of these guys. I love them so much. I feel like I know them and their friends. I feel like it's... I, part of it is that I was just at my own brother, brother's bachelor party about a month ago, and we had outfits, and we did went to a football game, so it's very similar, but their outfits are awesome. I want to be on their text thread. I really do. And then it blew up today, and then they went to them in the game because they were at the Falcons-Bears game, and they were in the stands, and they found them, and they went to them, and they showed them. And Unfortunately, when they showed them, a lot of the guys had taken their shades off because it's probably annoying to wear in the stadium, but uh, I'm so proud of these guys. And then the Falcons, they actually win the tweet of the day. They're RIP, my dog, Tony Stark. They retweeted the picture and said, sorry for ruining your bear bachelor party. It's good. Reminds me of uh, Forrest Gump. Sorry I ruined your Black Panther party. Um, But those guys are awesome. Whoever they are, I hope they're like, I hope they make the rounds this week. I hope they're coming on Good Morning Football. We don't really do guests here, uh, or we would have them on. But whoever you are, guys, I'm sorry the Bears didn't win. You won, though. You really did. That's so great. So much commitment. The fact that they had, like... 18 pairs of khakis. The fact that all those guys had a mustache and they didn't appear to be fake mustaches, that they've been growing their beard out maybe for months and then decided to shave it down or they've had a mustache for months. I just think it's so cool they committed. I respect the commitment and I respect the Falcons for having fun with it so they win the award. The Oh, the line of the week. Today, we always do a Schwarzenegger or Stallone line to tell them this is how you make the sausage back in the day. If you... um. Let's say, let's say you're in the major motion picture called Commando, and um, you're on an airplane, and a henchman has taken you on that airplane because uh, he wants to make sure that you kill this uh, politician that you're being forced to kill. And if you don't kill him, they'll kill your daughter who's been kidnapped. So you got to get off the plane really quickly before it takes off, or the plane's going to be in the air for 18 hours. I know it sounds complicated, but I'll get to the point. As you sit down, you uh, break the henchman's neck with your bare hands right there on the airplane. Nobody notices, you just snap his neck. And then you take his Panama Jack hat and put it over his face to cover up his dead body. And you put a little blanket on him. And then uh, when you, the flight attendant comes by, you need to account for the friend that you've just, the person that you've just killed. And so this is what you say to him about the, now the corpse that is sitting next to you with a hat over it. You say this. And do me a favor, don't disturb my friend, he's dead tired. Did you get that? I'm going to play it for you again. I want you to pay attention to the last two words. It's a really clever little little play on words here that Schwarzenegger goes with. And do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> and do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. And that was gold back in 1985. I think that movie came out in 85. Uh, just gold. Because he's dead and he has a hat over him. He's dead tired. Don't disturb my friend. People in the theater were like, yeah! 
Sweet line, nailed it. So the don't disturb my friend, he's dead tired line of the week goes to New England Patriot Dietrich Wise, who was talking about his emotions when Marcus Jones returned that punt for a touchdown with the block in the back. And how did it feel? How was what happened with his emotions as he watched that all transpire? Go ahead. It started right here, and it went this way. <laughs> yeah. That's good explanation. Good explanation. Simplest quotes are the best. He has a giant ass jean jacket on, which I also like. It started right here, and it went this way. Next question. That was pretty cool. Wasn't that a shock? That's why you watch sports. You watched that game for so long, and. Even if you were a Patriots fan, that was a terrible game to watch. It was so annoying. And Matthew Judon's great, and the defense on and on and on. But you're like, this is what I'm doing on my Sunday? This game has been so bad, and I'm so bored. And then out of nowhere, they punt it, and it's just like a life memory. You'll always remember that win they had over the Jets in 22 when Marcus Jones ran the punt back. And then Dietrich Wise will always remember because he's going on. He's saying, he said, quote, how the game ended was phenomenal. I think it was almost like a movie script. Out of all the football movies, Rudy, remember the Titans, this was better than that. It was better than that. I mean, Rudy, it's the end of a stupid blowout game, and like the annoying little blocking pad holder comes in and jumps off sides and gets a sack, and it's great, and they carry off him off the field because they're mocking him. <laughs> but this was much better. It's an actual professional game that could have gone either way. It wasn't a blowout. You're right. The place at the table, team. Well, hold on. we got to get Latimer in here. Let me go to my, my, my sound bank. The uh, place at the table team that belongs. Here you go, Steve. Here's your moment. Starting defense. Place at the table. Uh, The Washington Commanders. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Guess what their record is. Do you know they're six and five? Did you know that they have won five of their last six games? And that uh, Taylor Heineke is now four and one as a starter? How about that? And Ron, Ron Rivera said exactly what he should say. Yep, he's our guy. Sorry, Carson Wentz. Very talented dude. Maybe you'll be on another team next year. I know you are paid a lot of money. Who cares? We can't lose with this dude. And they play the Falcons next. Then they play the Giants two games in a row, which is really weird. I think Washington's going to make the playoffs. They just know who they are. They play really good defense. They have an awesome D-line. They run a lot. A couple good receivers make some play. And the, the quarterback's not that talented, but who cares? He gets it done. They put up 23 points. They, they beat Houston. Who cares? Houston's the worst team in the league. But they're 6-5. and five. The odds are that they're going to make the playoffs. 6-5, and five, that's 11 games. They got six games left. I figure they can go 3-3 three and three the rest of the way. Finish 9-8. and eight. They'll probably get in the NFC. Just play 500 football the rest of the way. You're in a playoff game. It's awesome. I like the Commanders. How about the East? So Dallas is just is, is continuing to matter. They're really good. Philadelphia has one loss. Philly had a tough game today against the Colts. Really tough. They looked like they had no business winning it, but they won. Scrappy, ugly game on the road. Incredible record. The Giants suck today, but they're still involved in this whole thing. It's awesome. The NFC East is so good, and the Commanders are one of my favorite teams. They have the least famous, least talented quarterback. They just play kind of like the ugliest brand of football of all of them, maybe even, even more so than the Giants because they don't have as much talent offensively as the Giants. I just like them. I like the Commanders. They're that team. I don't know if they've been in this category before. I don't remember, but I bet they have. Um, That's the place at the table, team. Steve Latimer loves you, and I do, too. The Catherine... Oh, no, this is the opposite of that. The Catherine Martin uh, rubs the lotion on its skin team. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Do you... 
what happened to the Rams? <laughs> what? What is this? You know, I said this, I, I was saying this last week that now it's a different story now, but when they were starting to fall apart, Stafford's there, Aaron Donald's there, Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson. Why are they so bad? McVay. I don't understand. They, they can't beat anybody. And now Stafford leaves the game again for the second time this month with some sort of injury to the head. Cooper Cup doesn't play. I haven't heard Aaron Donald's name in three months. Have you? Like, I haven't feel... I don't think we've talked about the Rams since they played this season opener against the Bills. And it was like, they raised the banner, and can they do it again? Nope, the whole thing's just awful. They suck. Um, the Rams are 3-7. and seven. Only the Bears and the Panthers have worse records than them in the NFC. And I'm trying to think. I saw a, a, a thing um, online about defending Super Bowl champions' worst following seasons. I know there'd only been a few who were three and six last year. Last week we saw that when the Rams were three and six. I think they were one of four or five teams ever to defend a Super Bowl title going three and six. I've not seen the information yet on three and seven, but it can't be many. I mean, you see sometimes that uh, the Super Bowl champs will have someone retire, like walk away. For example, like when you know the John Elway did it after the second one that they won. Peyton did it after they won and beat Carolina. And then the next year, it's just disarray. That's not what's happening to the Rams here. They didn't lose their quarterback to start the season. They didn't have a new head coach. The band was back together. And plus, they'd added pieces. Everyone thought Allen Robinson was going to be a 1,200-yard guy and Bobby Wagner was going to be Bobby Wagner. Those guys are fine. Man, the Rams are so bad. They are in the well, in the dungeon, in the basement, putting lotion on its skin so they can be made into a serial killer skin suit. I didn't think the Rams would ever be there, but they are. Uh, I knew we'd be here, though. It's time to predict the future. It's only Sunday evening right now, guys. I'm going to go up, hang out with my wife a little bit, watch Sunday Night Football. But tomorrow morning, mm-mm, take buffet. Here's tomorrow's takes tonight. Roll it. I'm going to say it again. You didn't need the salt and pepper stock photo, but you added it. That's the champion right there. You could have kept the trays, could have kept the neon, hot takes all day long, it's all great. You're like, just missing one thing. How about a generic shot of the salt and pepper with the pepper askew? A lot of things are going to be askew tomorrow. Um, takes. I was just talking about the Rams. McVay should have left, should have taken the Amazon job, should have taken all the money. Coaching will be in the future. Why didn't he just leave? I don't agree with that <laughs> because he wanted to come defend the title and, you know, the team was really loaded. That's why he didn't leave because the team was loaded. And remember, even the NFC West, Geno Smith was going to suck. Trey Lance, who the hell knows? The Niners. Kyler, no one believes in him. And, uh, Trey Lance got hurt. Kyler hasn't been good. And the Rams are still terrible. I, they just, they got nothing. So I don't agree with that. You know, Kirk Cousins is Mr. 1 p.m. That's going to be out there. As long as there's a game at 1 p.m., he's the guy you want. It's like when people used to call A-Rod Mr. April. It's kind of funny. But I have no defense of Kirk. He did nothing today, and he often doesn't do well. And objectively, in the primetime games, even though today wasn't primetime, uh, the Jets need a new quarterback. We know that. That's going to be a take tomorrow. A lot about that. You're going to hear the name Mike White tomorrow. You're going to hear the name Joe Flacco. Um, I wonder if you hear any really spicy ones. Like, I wonder if you'll hear the name Aaron Rodgers. The Jets should trade for Aaron Rodgers after this season. How about that? <laughs> Would Rodgers want to do that? Bear in mind... Um, Mikey LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother on the Jets coaching staff, 
Uh, Robert Sala, of course, everybody likes him. I know Rogers likes him too. This is a stupid, fun hypothetical, but would Rogers even want to do that? <laughs> would you want to step into New York City and a very, very talented Jets team, though, with a really good defense and some young receivers? I don't know. It's not my take, but I'm just imagining someone having it tomorrow. I personally, I'd still say I think Rodgers is done in Green Bay after this year on his own accord. I'm not saying like they're going to get rid of him. I think that he will be done. And I just can't imagine him having one more season in some random place that might blow up on him like the Jets. But it's fun to talk about. And somebody tomorrow will. Cowboys will be the one seed in the NFC if they're coming for it. Philadelphia looks uh, vulnerable. Minnesota showed its true colors. The, the NFC will eventually go through Dallas. I don't know. Do you guys see what happened in the Green Bay a couple weeks ago? It was bad. We'll see. Uh, Commanders will make the playoffs. I already had that take tonight. We don't need it tomorrow. How about this? Jets and Giants won't make the playoffs. You going to hear that? Do you believe that? You buying that? I'm not ready to buy it for the Giants yet. They weren't good today either. They lost to the Lions. But a lot of teams lose to the Lions these days. The Jets have a major issue. The Jets are going to be the biggest topic. Let me think. I think can I say this? Are the Jets going to be the biggest topic of the week in the NFL? Probably so. Because it's it's everything. It's a team that matters with a good record. It's a coach that's visible and viable and people look look for. It's the quarterback story. It's the quarterback story. Who not only didn't play well... He face and he's got this image he's got these off the field stories that the newspapers like and not only did he not play well he had the bad media moment afterward it's a perfect storm perfect storm holiday is now coming together you got the defenders who are liking things on twitter it's all there it's the jets are going to be the biggest story of this week i'm actually really excited about it. it's fun it's it's fun right uh, why not this is why we lift all them weights and this is why we do the sunday night show from the basement guys we did it i love you thank you we'll be back tomorrow we'll have josh allen we think on tuesday it's tricky with josh this week because they play thursday and so we're trying to work and trying to find a time to do it we might have to move it around a little bit but obviously we are always in deep 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 second position to his commitment to the bills and winning week in week out so we'll find a way to get it done uh thank you for watching thank you for listening I'm going to go relax, and I will see you tomorrow right here in the basement for our Monday show. It'll be a great one, I promise. See you tomorrow. Take care. See you.